Hello everyone, today is September 19th, and if there's still a COVID pandemic, thousands of daily positive COVID test results, millions of unvaccinated Americans, all the while with a safe and effective COVID vaccine, then this is The Delve. After months of being patient, on October 9th, the Biden administration announced a requirement to be vaccinated or be tested regularly. This will affect everyone who works for a private company with more than 100 employees. It also includes the entire federal workforce. This equals about 100 million Americans in all, 25 million of whom are not vaccinated. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin. And your refusal has cost all of us. But why are so many Americans still delaying or refusing to get vaccinated? Many, including rapper Nicki Minaj, claim that they are doing their own research. The problem is that their idea of research is reading anecdotes and memes on social media from confused, scared, and often delusional people. You know, so for Nicki or anyone else out there, the good news is that a lot of actual research has already been done on these vaccines. And that research has shown that they're overwhelmingly safe and effective, and their side effects don't come close to the damage that COVID can do to you. It's been done, they've done the research. It is estimated that just a dozen anti-vax influencers account for two thirds of the misinformation, rumors, and conspiracy theories that spread across social media platforms. The lies of the disinformation dozen, ah, that's funny, good job writers, their lies are proving to be even more contagious than the Delta variant. Facebook has recently reported removing more than 16 million pieces of content for violating its COVID-19 and vaccine policies since the beginning of the pandemic. Imagine that. 12 people disseminating 16 million Facebook posts. Guys, what are you doing? The disinformation is rife, and influencers, radio hosts, internet stars, Fox talking heads, and celebrities who believe in and peddle the lies are paying the consequences, not with their reputations or follower accounts or paychecks, but with their lives. TikTok star Alexandra Blankenbiller, unvaccinated and 31 years old, was one of the influencers who delayed getting vaccinated as she, quote, did her own research. Let's hear from her. I don't have a lot of energy for talking. Um, so I'm going to try to make this quick. I'm going to be taking a couple breaks. So just to follow up again, like I said in my other videos, I did not get vaccinated. I'm not anti-vax. I was just trying to do my research. I was scared and I wanted me and my family all do it at the same time and as i'm sure you guys know it's hard to get everyone to agree on something if people feel differently so i do think it was a mistake i shouldn't have waited i think if if you are even 70 percent sure that you want the vaccine 
go get it. Don't wait. Go get it. Because hopefully, if you get it, then you won't end up in the hospital like me, okay? She died of COVID eight days later, on August 24th. Presley Stutz, a Tea Party Republican and GOP cult leader of Greenville County, South Carolina, decried mask and vaccine mandates and downplayed the virus. He was admitted to the hospital with COVID and hit dangerously low oxygen levels on August 1st. In a Facebook post on the same day, he wrote, I have always contended that COVID was very real. It is a deadly bioweapon perpetrated upon the people of the world by enemies foreign and perhaps domestic. On August 19th, Presley died of COVID. He was 64. Phil Valentine, a conservative talk show host from Tennessee, used his platform to decry the COVID vaccine. On the 21st of June, he parodied uh, the Beatles song, Taxman, singing, If you try to cry, I'll block your tweet. If you ask me why, I'll block your street. If you try to fly, I'll block your flight. If you try to lie, I'll take your rights. Vaxman. On the 11th of July, he was diagnosed with COVID. On the 22nd of July, his family reported that he'd been hospitalized, and through his family, he issued a statement reversing his position on the vaccine and encouraging his listeners to get vaccinated. But it was too late for Phil. On the 21st of August, he died. He was 62. Let me tell you how it will be. And I don't care if you agree. Cause I'm a vax man. Yeah, I'm the vax man. Today we have with us Heather Simpson, a reformed anti-vax social media influencer who, through reading the actual research, has become a vocal pro-vaccine advocate. Heather shares her journey from the depths of the rabbit hole where she flourished in the anti-vax community to where she is now, vaccinated and using her platform to help other misinformed, scared people, and especially moms, to access the real data and ask questions in a safe, shame-free environment based in truth and science. Hey, Heather, how are you? Thanks for coming to the Delve today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm great. I'm so excited for this conversation. You have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) How deep are we in the pandemic at this point? I guess technically it started maybe, should we say March 2020? (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) It is insane. And you've had quite the journey. And I want us to like, dive right into that. So tell me, or and the listeners, a little bit about yourself. And then I have like a huge list of questions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll let you get started. So it's funny, I saw something yesterday that was like, what would life be like if the pandemic had never happened? That's an interesting question. <laughs> it is. I was like, you know, I don't think I would be pro vaccine. I don't know. The pandemic kind of changed my entire worldview. I grew up getting all of my vaccines, me and my brothers, and my husband and I at the time of trying to start a family decided, you know, we need to look into vaccines. Probably we'll vaccinate. I don't know, but we stumbled upon this huge nine-hour docuseries that blamed everything under the sun on vaccines. And by the time we were through with that, uh, we were just like, no way, we're not, you know, we're definitely not going to vaccinate. And when my daughter was a year and a half old, I kind of stumbled upon 
mostly moms on Facebook that were very vocal about their anti-vax views. And that blew my mind that I really thought it was just so embarrassing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I kind of, they just embraced me. Like with my first post, it just blew up and they embraced mm-hmm. me. And all of a sudden I was in this community and they were my world. It was just so much so fast. And it just kind of snowballed into this big thing. This past year, you know, with the pandemic and everything, I kind of started to read real science and long story short, we are vaccinating now. This nine hour documentary, it must've been really compelling. It was like a buttload of doctors that Mm. were just, they were blaming autism, but ADHD, ADD, childhood cancers, allergies, literally everything they were blaming on vaccines. So it was almost like, Hey, if you don't vaccinate, it's a key to not having to worry about anything. Potential illnesses. And so did you kind of get like a second opinion? Did you try to rebut this? Did you reach out to your doctor to say, hey, I just saw this thing. It's a little scary. Is there any truth to it? A little bit. I had, you know, a vaccine appointment with our pediatrician and I tried to talk to her about the docuseries and Mm. she shut it down immediately. She was Mm. just like, no, no, I won't talk about that. So I was like, oh, okay. So I'm on my own. That's cool. So that's when I reached out not to Facebook, but just the online community world and realize that they have answers that my pediatrician isn't giving me. So I guess I'll go with them. I guess, can you tell us an overview of just being completely against vaccines now and getting them for yourself and your daughter and encouraging them to the public? What was the moment? What was the, oh, oh crap. (laughs) I need to like Uh, switch this up. I was like, quote unquote, an anti-vax influencer for about a year. And I dressed as the measles. That's how I discovered what Reddit was. I was on the front page of Reddit with the measles costume. And I called my brother right. and I was like, what is Reddit? And why am I on the front page? And he's like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> he was mortified. It was a crazy weird year. And I had these followers and I thought they were my community, but A month before the pandemic hit, I just had this realization that, you know, it's weird. Like a lot of these anti-vaxxers are just fighting for the right to send their kids to public schools on their own terms. And Mm -hmm. I was like, ooh, that kind of rubs me the wrong way. Like, I know we pay taxes, but we don't decide the road structure for road tax. I was just like, ooh, that's super entitled. I don't like that. That's really what they're fighting for right now. I hate that. Like nobody is forcing you to vaccinate your kid. Nobody's at your front door with needles that they're going to strap y'all down. Mm. And I said, you know, I don't like vaccines, but I don't think we should eliminate them. You know, I think we should just make them safer because you can't say that one vaccine hasn't saved one life ever. Well, boy, that was the wrong thing to say. So Mm. they like lost their minds. I lost almost all my followers in like one day. And then the pandemic hit the next month. And I realized, oh, okay. So all of the anti-vaxxers are anti-maskers too. Got it. And it just kind of overwhelmed me. Like, oh, this is really entitled. Like you could just wear a mask and possibly save a life. And you're not doing that. You're acting like a murder. This is crazy. And I just kind of turned away from them over the pandemic and started reading real true science. Like once the pandemic started, you had already kind of made this pivot to being pro-vaccinated? I wouldn't say that. No, because Mm. I was not going to vaccinate my daughter. I was not going to get the COVID vaccine. I just had a different view of anti-vaxxers at the time. 
I started to feel icky, like, Ooh, this is super entitled, but we're still not going to vaccinate. And then the pandemic hit and that's when rumors about the COVID vaccine came out. Uh-huh. And I was like, Oh, I'll never get that. Like, sure. I mean, I don't even want to like promote some of these more outlandish <laughs> yeah. things, but some folks say, Oh, you know, it was developed really fast. Yeah. I want to, you know, see, I want some time to pass. That's, you know, the, more on the tame side and it gets into further out there. Oh, there's like uh, microchips and, and all, oh all this kind of, yeah. <laughs> So what was some of the, I guess, the reasons that you had that you were like, yeah, I don't know if this is really for me. There were some rumors that this was, you know, the mark of the beast at the beginning of all of it, the Christian mark of the beast at the end of the Bible, right. but those kind of bun into other things. So the big one is, well, if you stand next to someone that got vaccinated, you will lose your fertility. Your period will become messed up. If you get vaccinated, mm. you will be infertile. Like Mm. you'll definitely be infertile and then it'll change your DNA. You'll Mm. die in three years. The magnet sticking to the arms, (laughs) but the so insane. It was a lot. And a lot of people jump ship to becoming complete conspiracy theorists at the time. I've seen like some videos of like people trying to put like spoons on like their shoulder or like, you know, (laughs) like really, really silly things. And it's like, oh, look, it's sticking to me. And it's like, what? Like what's, what's happening here? Okay, so you said you started to like look for other sources, you know, kind of outside of this community to help you on your journey back to pro-vaccination. What was that like? Well, yes, there are a couple facts that I mm. hung to. I read the vaccine book by Dr. Bob Sears, which he's actually an anti-vaxxer. It's funny. All of his anti-vax beliefs are at the end of the book, and I just didn't make it that far. Dr. Paul Offit has written several books, so I read one of his and... Then I started talking to friends that are, you know, doctors and scientists. And one is this blood brain barrier specialist. And he helps me the most because now I hold on to a few facts. A lot of anti-vaxxers believe that aluminum in vaccines will reach their baby's brain and cause inflammation, autism, everything. Mm. So the way they think it can do that is through the blood brain barrier via polysorbate 80. So the reason why that's wrong, Mm. or so I've been told, is that for like two-month-old baby, you would need like 3,600 hepatitis B vaccines injected straight into their carotid artery to even have a chance of opening the blood-brain barrier. And then anti-vaxxers will cite all these sources saying, well, this study shows aluminum in the brain. This study shows aluminum in the brain. But virtually all of the studies, if you read the method section, it's talking about environmental aluminum, never referring to vaccine aluminum. Yeah. So it's just those kind of facts. I'm still nervous when I take my daughter to get vaccinated. And I think most people are um, just because it's just, it's a, it's a medical thing. I mean, it's just, I don't know of anybody that's like, oh yeah, I have no, I have zero nerves, but holding on to those facts is just really helpful because facts trump conspiracy theories. And right. I think it's really interesting that you're talking about some of the methodology and in, in the studies. I feel like a lot of folks, you know, when they're citing studies, they don't read the methodology. Like you were saying, like you would take, you know, over 3,000 of those particular shots, go yes. all at once to even get anywhere near the type of scare that they're talking about. Right. Mm. The facts just don't line up with all of these fears. So when did you first realize that you were making that change? You were like, oh, wait, 
maybe I'm not an anti-vaxxer anymore. What was that like? I think it was in like December. We had this feral cat that walked into our house Mm. and we fell in love, but he scratched my daughter. Mm. And I've had this fear of tetanus, a pretty healthy fear of tetanus because tetanus is virtually everywhere. Since my daughter was little, I had all my anti-vax friends say, oh, you'll never get tetanus. I mean, she'll never get tetanus as long as she bleeds, then tetanus can't survive and yada, yada, yada. But I just couldn't shake that fear. So the cat scratched her. I took her to the pediatrician and I was like, I'm just so tired of being so scared of tetanus, like from a cat scratch and all this stuff. I wish there was a way to just not have to live in this fear. (laughs) Right. And the doctor or the nurse practitioner was like, I mean, like there is a vaccine for this. There's, <laughs> so, a, there's a thing called a tetanus shot. Uh, it's a whole entire thing that people right. do. Yeah. And it just kind of dawned on me. And I was talking to my friend. I said, you know, I still have fears about certain shots, but I think I'm pro vaccine because yeah. I, they just make sense. And she's like, yeah, I know you are. You just don't realize it. Wow. So I got my flu shot the next week and then I got my COVID shot. Oh, so you like went all in. I did. I was like, (laughs) why am I doing this? Like none of the anti-vaxxers really stuck around. They don't really like me. Like there's no one left. (laughs) It doesn't matter. (laughs) It's like the crowd has left. What am I still doing here? Exactly. uh, Time to get myself vaccinated. (laughs) (laughs) Have you had any, I guess, negative side effects? Are you attracting metal? Anything, (laughs) Anything like that? It's really cool. I can kind of stare at the refrigerator with mm. my mind and just open the door. Yeah, like, that's 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 one die. of my favorite new <laughs> capabilities too. Uh, it, it saves me the walk to the fridge. Um, so tell me about your family. And your, you said you and your husband had watched this documentary, and you guys, you know, kind of jointly decided, "Our right, we don't think we want you know these type of vaccinations for our daughter." And then when you make the switch, did he make the switch back with you? So he's never really been a fearful person. He doesn't think anything would happen if you vaccinate necessarily. It's kind of a risk benefit thing for him. And he just doesn't see the benefit. You know, he's like, well, we don't need any of these shots, which I totally just, mm. but because he's still kind of in that camp, we had to come to the agreement to you know, vaccinate our daughter on a slower schedule because he was okay with that. And I had to kind of meet him in the middle. He didn't want to do the measles shot. We just reached the point where he's okay with the measles shot. So it is, I'm lucky that he's not just this hardcore anti-vaxxer. A lot of people reached out to me and they were like, "Uh, my wife's going to leave me if I don't stop vaccinating. What can I do? It gets really bad. And I'm lucky that that didn't happen. That is pretty lucky. And what about the rest of your family? You said you reached out to your brother when the Reddit thing (laughs) went viral. Are they also anti-vax? Are they pro-vax? They're very pro-vax. So you were the odd one out. Like he was embarrassed. He was like, you just delete yourself off of the internet. (laughs) You just start over. (laughs) (laughs) Start over. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. But I have three brothers. So my other brother was like, he'll get any shot ever as long as he won't have to face the disease. So he is just all about the shots. So yeah, (laughs) they were pretty relieved. I have a question. When you were (laughs) anti-vax, did you convert any people to that camp? Did you say, hey, these are the studies I've read. This is a docuseries I watched. It's pretty legit. I don't know if you should be getting vaccinated. Did you have like those conversations with people? 
I get asked that a lot and people are like, well, don't you feel bad? But the interesting thing is that most <laughs> people that followed me were already anti-vaxxers. Uh. Like they just formed this echo chamber. I do remember two people ever. One person was very pro-vax. She was a good friend of mine. And now she's very anti-vax because of wow. my posts. She's even further down the rabbit hole than I could have ever dreamed of. Mm. So I've tried to kind of reel it back in. So I totally take responsibility for that. Luckily, her daughter was already vaccinated. Okay. So I, and they didn't have any more kids. So I feel a little better about that. But the other person, he vaccinated his baby on schedule completely, but Mm. He did reach out to me and he's like, I thought anti-vaxxers were dumb, mm. but I'm glad to see your post because I can understand where the fears came from. That made me happy that maybe it's not such a black and white issue. So yeah, it sounds like a lot of it is based in like a concern for your health, which is interesting because the vaccines are supposed to protect your health. The fear is, oh, there might be like these underlying things from the vaccines that could be detrimental to your health. Are you now on a campaign mission to, <laughs> to convert the anti-vaxxers? There's different levels of anti-vaxxers. And I believe mm. you can only convert the first two levels. You have like people that are scared. They are way easier to convert than the last level. The next one is the people that think the vaccines hurt their kids. They're like, oh, my kid didn't have autism until they got vaccinated. You know, they, they're called ex-vaxxers. They think that the vaccine caused X, Y, Z. And then you kind of have the light conspiracy theorists that are like, well, I think Bill Gates is trying to depopulate oh, humanity. Yeah. Right. And then you look at the planes in the sky and you see the trails following them. The chemtrails is what they call them, designed to poison us. So they're light conspiracy theorists. I don't really mess with them because they're, they've kind of made up their mind. And then you have like the no. total lizard people is what I call them that they believe the <laughs> politicians turn into lizards. <laughs> the <laughs> lizard people. Yeah. They think I work for the government sent here to find out all of their information. Oh, so, okay. So you're actually yes. a mole. It's so funny because these people are on their phones like 14 hours a day and their phones know everything, right? So I'm yeah. like, what could I possibly find out? <laughs> Your phone doesn't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And do you still have any friends in, in those circles? <laughs> I thought you were just going to say, do you still have any friends? No. <laughs> I mean, I guess or that. <laughs> or are you now only friends with lizard people? Like, what? where are we at oh, this God. at this point? <laughs> uh, I mean, I have about three friends that stuck with me and mm. they've just kind of respectfully disagreed. They know my heart, you know, mm. and I know their heart and we know that we're not trying to be bad people or hurt each other or whatnot. So we're able to move past that, but everybody else, no, <laughs> yeah. I lost all of my close in real life friends too, like ghosted. Like during the anti-vax days or you lost them no. in the pro-vaccination days? Pro-vax days. Most of them ghosted me. Some have reached out saying we're just waiting for, for you to, come, to back. come back to the light, walk in the truth or whatnot. And I'm like, well, that's not going to happen because mm. I am walking in the truth now. So that's kind of, you know, annoying that they're waiting for me. Right. And so you kind of had to switch back in December of last year that you were going to allow your daughter to get vaccinated. And then yes. you got your COVID shot this year. 
And like you said, the experiences, it's been fun. You haven't had any side effects or illnesses or anything like that. I did have a little bit of an allergy to the shot. They gave me IV Benadryl. I'm fine. The hospital did call. They were like, we really can't give you the second one because of the allergy. But I found a doctor that's okay with it. So I'm going to get my second one and just take a bunch of Benadryl before and after and see monitor. I mean, that's so rare. And it's just funny that the anti-vaxxer had the allergy. I try not to tell people. (laughs) (laughs) When I got vaccinated, I just immediately was so tired. I couldn't keep my eyes open. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty awful. Um, So I just like had my bed made and I was like, okay, like coming back home and I'm going to sleep and I'll see everyone tomorrow. Yeah. And then the second day, my arm is a little sore, but everyone's telling me that's normal. I haven't had any uh, allergic reactions, thankfully. But yeah, no, I I think it's a a good idea to get your second one. I support that. I totally do too. I mean, COVID is no joke. It is interesting. I'm allergic to like everything. Mm. I mean, I'm allergic to eggs. And Mm. so that's not totally surprising that that happened, but. Right. And maybe those allergies influenced your thinking when you were, you know, saying, oh, gosh, uh, I don't know. It might have. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I I can imagine that. A psychosomatic thing. Yeah. 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 And so what's your advice for people who who are scared of getting vaccinated? Whether, you know, maybe it's a person maybe can offer some advice to people who are trying to convince their family members or their siblings. So I feel like the COVID vaccine is just a, an entirely different situation than the rest of the vaccines because a lot of people will vaccinate their kids on schedule but not get the COVID vaccine. What I found in that situation that they just think that they're going to be fine. So mm-hmm. I get it. Somebody I know was against it and he got COVID and he's young, healthy, mm-hmm. and he said it was the sickest he's ever been in his life. He just got COVID. He is now getting the vaccine because he never wants to feel that way again. So it's kind of a lottery system and you don't know if you're going to be the one that dies. And I would tell them, just think about your kids. Like, do you want to leave them without a parent when that was entirely avoidable? Yeah. You may feel crappy for a day or two, but that's better than being dead. We have hundreds of thousands of new cases every day, tons of folks going to the hospitals, ICU beds are just basically unavailable. It's because of COVID. We're seeing like a lot of headlines of folks who were anti-vaxxers get COVID and then die. Does that shake up anyone? Does that like change anything, do you think? I've seen these people come up with excuse after excuse. Well, did he or did she have underlying issues? Mm. Did they eat healthy? Like, well, I don't know, but They're dead now and they didn't have to die. It really is this pride issue that I'm seeing right now. I don't think it really affects them to see anti-vaxxers dying of COVID because they're like, well, I'm better than that. You know, I'm healthier Mm. than that. It's not going to be me. And it really is so upsetting because all of these ICU beds are being taken up by people that are not getting vaccinated. And then we don't have ICU beds for people whose appendix first, you know, (laughs) we need them for other things too. And it's so infuriating. It is. I don't think there's a better word. It is very infuriating. Do you mask up or you staying at home? So I try to mask up. I live in a town that nobody wears masks. So that's frustrating. It's very hard to get my toddler to wear a mask. So we just try to not go to 
the store very much unless we have to. It's interesting, you know, at Walgreens, all of those self-tests that you can take home Mm -hmm. have been sold out for a week now and they used to always have them in stock. It's just crazy that it's, I mean, it's everywhere right now. Everybody is getting COVID. Aren't they saying that like the contagion factor is like 11 people per one person infected? Um, Don't scare (laughs) me anymore (laughs) than, than I need to be scared. I want to talk like really, really quickly about 2019 Halloween measles costume. What happened? What's going on here? I'm walking the <laughs> listeners through this. I want them to oh like God. understand. <laughs> so I was horrible. Um, uh. That's just like, I had done Facebook polls when they used to allow polls and I would wake up to like a hundred thousand votes and 20,000 hate comments. And that, I think I became popular based on hate. I really, Mm, truly think that's a thing. I had all these hate groups formed about me. And so people would boost my posts because they just freaking hated my gut. Mm. And so part of me just wanted to piss them off. Part of me liked the attention. Really, it was just about attention because for the Halloween costume. Mm -hmm. My posts in general were because I believed in what I was doing. And I thought to myself, you know, if I could save one person from getting vaccinated, then I have saved a life. That's genuinely what I thought. I did not realize I sucked at the time. I was trying so hard. I want to say my motives were so, but at the Halloween, for the Halloween costume situation, my motives were 100% for attention and to piss people off. And I thought, I want to dress as a disease. I chose the measles, but I was like, if I dress as the measles, they'll think I'm scared of measles because that's how Halloween works. Dress is something scary. So I, posted the measles costume and wrote was trying to think of the least scary thing I could be. So I became the measles and it blew up. It was really unfortunate because I think a week later was the measles outbreak in Samoa. And it was just like, Oh crap. And I instantly regretted it. I mean, people were sending me stories Mm. that their loved ones died of measles and They were all up in my inbox telling me these horrible things. I just instantly regretted it, but it had already kind of taken a life of its own. And all my anti-vax friends just praised it. They just thought it was, you know, the the bravest thing thing ever. ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Wow. I'm happy the conversion has, has occurred. I hope more folks listening to this episode and learning more about you will rethink their medical options and find vaccines so terrifying. I hope so too. Right. Because yeah, dying of COVID is that's not 100% fun. worse. <laughs> yeah. That's not, not a good thing. And I like in these interviews asking people what's something that they're hopeful about or optimistic about, but what makes you hopeful or optimistic? So my friend reached out to me last year and we started something called Back to the Vax. We have a group on Facebook and a lot of people will join. We have like a pretty strict screening process that we're hardcore anti-vaxxers that are desperately trying to vaccinate their kids and become pro-vaxxers. Wow. And we're, we kind of hold their hands and walk them through it because it is scary. And Heather, that, this is amazing. Why didn't you talk about this earlier? <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally forgot. <laughs> yeah, we have a page called Back to Vax with an F on Facebook because they won't let us use the V. The group itself is Back to the Vax. But yeah, my friend Lydia called someone's pediatrician for them because they were shaking too hard to call and set up the vaccine appointment. So it's been really cool to like be there for these people as they're 
vaccinating their kids and they're freaking out, but they're doing it. And it's, yeah, it's hopeful. It's kind of like a safe space for these folks who are having second thoughts. Yes. Yes. I think that's, that's fantastic. Judged. That's really admirable. And, and it's amazing that you started this group. I think that's, that's awesome. Yeah. We're, we're really glad that it kind of took off. Definitely. Heather Simpson, you are amazing. Thank you for the story. And I wish yeah. you the best of success for, with Back to Facts. And I, I hope more people are converted to uh, pro-vaccination stance. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, definitely. Confusion, anxiety, and fear have swept across America as COVID cases and deaths continue to spike. The summer of freedom we all hope for has been replaced by the autumn of Delta. In the American South, where vaccination, masks, lockdowns, and mandates have been met by political and cultural resistance, the devastation is obtuse. In states where vaccination rates hover around 40%, hospitals are dangerously overrun with COVID patients. According to a report by the New York Times, one in four hospitals in the South report that ICU beds are over 95% full. On Monday of this week in Vermont, where the vaccination rate is it's, it's the highest, one person died of COVID. In Mississippi, where the vaccination rate is lowest in the country, 71 people died. In Texas, where Governor Abbott continues to defy the science and reject mask mandates and lockdown and all common sense, there are only 700 ICU beds available across the entire state. Texas has a population of 29 million, and there are only 700 ICU beds available. Jeez. Four-year-old Callie Cook became Texas' youngest person to die of COVID just hours after contracting the virus on September 7th. She likely contracted the virus from her vocally anti-vax mother. In Florida, where Governor DeSantis champions his dangerous crusade against masks in schools, 24 hospitals reported being over capacity. And in Alabama, where only 40% of people are vaccinated, there are currently no ICU beds available. None. Zilch. Unvaccinated people make up 88% of all new COVID cases, 97% of all hospitalizations, and 99.5% of all deaths. It is likely that 39 unvaccinated Americans have died from COVID just while you were listening to this episode. If you haven't already, please, please, I implore you, get vaccinated. It's literally a matter of life and death. Thanks for tuning in. Please like, follow, and subscribe to our podcast. You can find us by searching the Delve podcast on all platforms. This is the Delve. I'll see you next Sunday.